Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Where's Lewis? Now, Lewis. Lewis Howard. The Professionals of Professionalism proudly present Lewis Howard Live. Your crisp communicator with principal insights for pop culture with a tech edge. And now a man who needs no introduction, Lewis. Hey, thank you for joining us. I am Lewis Howard and you have connected to Lewis Howard Live. We thank you for being part of another conversation. And as Khan says, we are... We are Tech Edge. We are culture-driven. We want to help you be the best version of yourself. So we thank you for lending a few minutes to join us. As we always do, try to come with something fresh, practical, and applicable that you can walk away from the show with. As always, if you are new listeners, thank you for joining the conversation. New countries, new platforms. We have added about 15 different platforms that you can reach us on. Uh, we're on some of the largest platforms in the world, Spotify, iTunes, Apple, Amazon. We are on it. And of course, it all started with blogtalkradio.com back 10 years ago. We were some of the pioneers in podcasts. Now everybody's got a podcast, right? Your mama's got a podcast. Your daddy's got a podcast. Grandma's got a podcast, right? But we were some of the original podcasts, and now we're international. Uh, we want to welcome Japan, Philippines, and you guys have been just great. We appreciate uh, pushing us over 100,000 downloads, I believe, for the show and just keeping us week to week up in the numbers. And to be honest, I can't even track all of the numbers because we have so many platforms, and so we can't track all of them. But we know that they're getting up there. And the goal is it's really impacting. Numbers are great, but we really want that impact and have you get one thing from every single show. Today, we're going to be talking about generosity, living and building a lifestyle of generosity. Many of you know I'm a legacy-minded person. I believe instead of worrying about carbon footprint so much, we ought to be worried about lifestyle footprints. What will you leave when you are done? Will someone know that other than your name that you were on the earth? On your tombstone is when you were born and when you died. That little dash in the middle, that's your life. What will that mean? So I'm really big on generosity and giving. I study it a lot. And so we really want to talk about that 
today. And we're going to have in studio a real live story of a generous individual that is reaching around the world. And we're excited about that, the Clean Water Foundation. And you don't want to miss this today because this is absolutely going to be off the hook. And you want to be here Probably one of the most unique stories you will hear in terms of an individual that has expanded their life into generosity and building and leaving a legacy of being generous. What is generosity, right? How do we define it? As you know, in every show, I don't like to just run off on words because they sound like they make sense. I like to have a foundational bill for every conversation that we have. So if I'm using the word, I want to know what the word means. So what does generosity means? Well, it has two different definitions, right? As usually when you look through the dictionary, things have multiple definitions, synonyms, and antonyms. I really don't like antonyms because they're kind of opposite, but I do like synonyms. So you have two defined meanings usually for it. So the first definition for generosity is the quality of being kind or generous, right? When you think of that, what do you think? You think of a nice person. Think of grandma. You think of the helpful neighbor, right? Someone that does something nice to another human being. Maybe you saw someone on the street and you said something nice or you gave something nice. That's your definition of living generosity. Maybe you let somebody cut in line for you. They had less groceries than you and you wanted to be kind, so you let them come up front. That's being generous. That is a level of living generosity. Someone drops something in As a gentleman, you reached down and you picked it up and you handed it to him uh, so they didn't have to go through the x-ray. I'm big on opening doors for people, right? If I see somebody carrying stuff, I'll run up and see if I can be generous to help them open the door. So that is a definition of being generous, right? Uh, Stepping up in a time of need or support and lending resources, and tools to help people. Number two definition is the quality or fact of being plentiful. That's one of my favorite words. Plentiful are large. And I recently traveled to Texas. And Texas definition of meals is extremely generous. (laughs) Their meals look like buffets. Right. I mean, that's the size of plate. The plates are huge. I went to a restaurant to eat. and I'm thinking it would take me three days to finish this plate. These are generous portions. But restaurants in Texas are defined by the portions that they give you. Large, plentiful portions. More than enough. Right. You ought to have a life that is more than enough, that you have so much to give that you can impact many people. I just, as I was starting the show, I was getting uh, news information, and the billionaire, uh, Jack Ma, Chinese billionaire, has agreed to donate 500,000 test kits for the latest pandemic that we're dealing with, and over a million masks for protection to the United States. That's generosity. How can you do that? because you have the resources in order to be generous, 
right? Some of us want to be generous, but we don't have the means by which to do that, right? So part of building a lifestyle of generosity is also building the resources and the means by which you can be generous. Nothing breaks my heart more than when I'm in a room and someone asks me to donate a cause that I'm really interested in, but I can't do it because I can't afford it, right? I'd have to go to the pawn shop and hike hawk something in order to be able to do that. And, you know, so you, you walk away feeling empty. You, you feel less because you wanted to be generous, but you did not have the means or the resources in order to be that way. We're seeing a change in our culture where we're seeing more people living at the bottom, right? More people living without homes, choosing to live on the street or having to live on the street, right? Being out of work, being out of the system, right? And needing help. And yet, even some of those people we see try to find ways to be generous. How generous are you? If you're asked to give something, if you're asked to sacrifice something, what's your level of being generosity? I know people you can't even ask the time from, okay? Let it own something that is monetary value. The first thing you hear is, I don't have enough of that. I can't do that. I'm trying to take care of me, my, and I, right? That's not living a life of generosity, right? You are getting all you can and watching over the can. That's a theory, but it's not really a generous life theory. So we want to talk about today is people that have made their life generous and what that means in order to uh, demonstrate that, right? So we've looked at uh, different things where people have been generous. Many of the colleges exist because of generous individuals, Most of you may believe that the colleges exist because the government funds those uh, institutions. No, many of those colleges exist because they are funded by the alumni, which are people that went to that school, or they are funded by private donors. Those are individuals that really support the program to help and support um, college institutions. Uh, many of you don't, you know, if you go to college, you don't, they don't really tell you that. You just go to school and you just assume if you're getting scholarship or if you're getting uh, aid, that that's somehow government driven. No, the government is a part of it, but many of that is donated by individuals and organizations that are supporting that. So let me give you an example, right, of philanthropists and billionaires that have given billions to colleges, some of the highest number of donations since 1967. An anonymous donor gave $360 million to Renaissance Polytech Institute, a private research company in New York in 2001. $360 million. Nike co-finder and billionaire Phil Knight donated $400 million to Stanford University in 2016. $400 million. Now, 
Even if you are a billionaire, that's $400 million less in your bank account that you have given, right? The Hewitt Foundation donated $400 million to Stanford University in 2001. At the time, it was the single largest gift to an American college or university. Do you know what else happened in 2001 while they were giving $400 million to Stanford? We had 9-11. We had one of the worst terrorist attacks that ever happened in the United States happen. And yet at the same time, here this foundation is given $400 million. They made a lifestyle of generosity because they could have said at that time, hey, we don't know what's going to happen in the world. Let us keep our $400 million in the bank until we can figure out. No, they didn't do that. They gave it anyway. So if you're just joining us today, we're talking about building a lifestyle of generosity. And what does that mean from an individual level to an organizational level to a company company level from local to worldwide? What does it mean to be given, philanthropist, supporting and helping other organizations? Billionaire Robert F. Smith, and for those who don't know him, he started the BET Networks, right? Uh, the black entertainment television that many of the uh, African-American programs are ran on. He started that many years ago, became a billionaire doing that. He just announced that he would pay the student loans, pay off all the student loans for a 400-person graduating class at Atlanta Morehouse College. That, my friends, is generosity. Now, it's easy to say, well, he can do that because he got it, but it still requires sacrifice. Some of us won't give a dollar, and we have it. Some of us won't give 15 cents, and we have it. So it's relative, relative to what you have, to what you give in terms of generosity. The largest gift, this is the largest gift ever donated by an individual. And it was not the person whom I thought it would be. I thought it would be Bill Gates. I thought it would be Warren Buffett. I thought it would be Larry Ellison, but it was not. The largest single gift in history by a single individual goes to Michael Bloomberg, who donated $1.8 billion to his alma mater, John Hopkins University, to make them need blind. I like that term. Need blind. That means they don't need anything. Okay? $1.8 billion that he gave. That is generosity. That is living a life of giving. And that will get some stuff named after you, right? You want to know how those names appear on those wards and on buildings? Yeah, well, you give that kind of money and your name will suddenly appear on those things. So those are examples of monetary donations that have gone to support institutions, schools, and colleges. But now let's look at another side because generosity is not always about money, right? It's not always about dollars and cents. Dollars and cents certainly is one aspect of it, but generosity also includes your time, your money, your resources, your talents, and your abilities, right? So nonprofits, right? Those are nonprofitable organizations that are in business to help and be benevolent to individuals and organizations around the world, and they're not for profit, 
right? So they're not commercial companies, right? They receive billions each year to support its work and causes. One of the biggest active foundations at the moment, as I'm doing this show, is the Gates Foundation, who's literally given billions around the world to help various different causes. And actually, our guest coming up in the Clean Water Foundation, the next segment, has worked with them. They are the largest organizations right now making a huge impact on disease control, on education, on water, and and many different things that they are world-class on. The Gates Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates, is one of the biggest foundations right now that is given. But throughout history, we've had other big organizations. The Carnegie Foundation. Right. Andrew Carnegie, who at the turn of the century was an industrialist, gave millions to build libraries. The Carnegie Institute, Carnegie Hall, that's where that came from. Right. Andrew Carnegie left his estate just to give into charitable and nonprofit organizations, libraries. Lots of those most libraries are funded in part by the Carnegie Uh, Foundation and Institute. The Ford Foundation, Henry Ford, right? Creator of the Model T and the V8 engine. He funds, that organization funds scholarships, billions of dollars of scholarships to minorities and schools and individuals who are entrepreneurs or going for specific areas of study. The Ford Foundations. And there are many, many other different uh, organizations that has been great in doing that. One of my favorite stories, though, of benevolent giving has to do with uh, Mother Teresa. And most of you probably don't know the story of Mother Teresa. And we know the end of her life is that she was this nun with the Catholic Church, and she nursed the sick, and she, she cared for the dying, But the first part of Mother Teresa's story was she was a teacher. She was a well-paid teacher with a profession. But she would walk by every day after school, and she would see these individuals looking sickly on the streets of Calcutta, India. And the more she walked by, the more it impacted her. And eventually, she made the decision to quit her profession as a well-paid school teacher to simply care for the people that other people didn't want to care for. She hugged the dying. She took care of the sick. She would go up and down the streets caring for people that you and I probably would walk by. She spent her life giving of her time, of her energy, and of her resources. We don't know that she had a lot of money, but she had a lot of time and she had a lot of heart. So it's not just about being a billionaire or a rich individual. It really is about do you have the heart to give? Do you have the heart to start where you are, do what you can, when you can, with what you have? Are you willing to do that? That will start the stepping stone to building a great legacy. Are you willing to do something that you are not going to profit from? And did you know that in Europe, 
many times, and I think it's still the case, it's probably speeded up, but most people started building on buildings that they never saw finish. It would take 150 years to complete certain of the buildings that we enjoy in European countries. So they would sacrifice their whole life for a building that they would never step foot in. Isn't that amazing? Right? They would build on that generation after generation after generation. Three generations would build on a building, and only the third generation would get to walk into that building. That's sacrifice. That, my friends, again, is generosity defined. Hey, stay with us. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we got in studio the man, Leon McLaughlin, with the Clean Water Foundation. And he's going to continue and take us home on this whole thing about generosity because he lives it and he does it every day. You don't want to miss this segment. Stay with us. We're going to pay a couple bills, give a shout out to our sponsors. And by the way, if you want to be a sponsor on the show, you can hit me up on Lewis Howard Live on Facebook or Lewis at lhoward360.com. And uh, you want to be a sponsor or maybe a guest on the show, let us know. We'll put you in the queue. We'll get you on the calendar and make you part of the Lewis Howard Live International Podcast Program going down. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this quick message. Lewis Howard of Lewis Howard Live has partnered with Amazon Books to bring you his dynamic life-changing book. From Here to There is the best-selling biopic journey of Lewis Howard's road from adopted child in poverty to achieving over a billion dollars in real estate assets. Lewis shares his secrets and principles which helped make his meteoric rise to the top an inspiration to millions. Lewis Howard From Here to There available on Amazon Books at createspace.com slash 450-6888. Get it today. The Millionaire Club Charity is one of Seattle's oldest existing charities. In addition to job placement and employment services, the Millionaire Club provides job training and licensing to help workers become qualified and job ready, from nutritious meals and sack lunches to housing assistance to stabilize their lives. Despite its name, the donors to the Millionaire Club are ordinary citizens with a desire and passion to help fellow citizens overcome the barriers of employment and housing. For more information, call 206-728-JOBS or go to millionaireclub.org. Hey, thanks for joining us on Lewis Howard Live. Hey, we are talking about generosity today. So if you're just joining us, just tune into the conversation. Uh, If you missed any part of it, you can go back and get the first part of the show. But we've just really been breaking down generosity, how to build a lifestyle of generosity, right? How to leave a legacy when you're done in your life. What will your legacy of generosity be. So I got a couple more points, and then we've got our special guest we're going to jump right into. Dr. Martin Luther King was a third-generation preacher in Atlanta. He had a career path laid out in front of him. He did not have to want for nothing. He was all ready to inherit his father's church. He left that in 1955 to take up forwarding the civil rights legislation. He gave that up in order to go and do that, right? That wasn't his career. So when you see him marching and doing all, that was not his career calling. That was a reluctant leader who gave up a career path to be generous, to help something that really he never lived to see, right? He never lived to see um, President Barack Obama be elected to office. And yet he made a life sacrifice, One of my best stories of him was in 1967, and he was stabbed. Uh, An African-American woman came up and stabbed him, 
And he was between life and death. And so later as he recovered, he started to receive, read the stories and emails, or I didn't have emails back then, letters that was sent to him. And one was a, a little girl, eight-year-old girl, who wrote a letter to him. And uh, for purpose of the conversation, she was in a white, in a white school. She writes this letter to him. And she writes the letter to him, and she says how thankful she is. But in the letter, she says, I'm glad you didn't sneeze. Because had he sneezed during the time of his stabbing, it would have taken his life. And that was the difference of him surviving. And so this little girl wrote this letter saying, I'm glad you didn't sneeze. What a legacy. What a life. I mean, you your problems pale insignificant when you start thinking of life in those kind of contexts. And lastly, in modern times, we have Bono. Uh, member of the great YouTube band, right? Get your YouTube on, right? Um, he has traveled the world to fight against hunger and poverty. And his Feed the World campaign that he's done is legendary. And, of course, we can talk about other things. He supported Red Cross, Salvation Army, different things. Um, but just, again, you can see what it takes to make the commitment to be generous, to build a lifestyle of generosity. And speaking of which, we have joining us in the studio, Leon McLaughlin, uh, who is the CEO of the Clean Water Foundation. Welcome, Leon, to Lewis Howard Live. How are you doing? Great to be here. Thank you for having me on your show, Lewis. Hey, it's a pleasure. We picked a good subject, and I can't think of a better individual that really typifies uh, living a life of generosity, and really starting from, for, from nothing to really building something that really is impactful around the world. So maybe start at the beginning, because I always like to, you know, maybe there's somebody out there that, you know, they want to do something, but they don't really know how to do it. So I think hearing your story of where you started from, which is absolutely amazing, and just share with our listeners what you've been able to morph that into and turn that into in terms of an impact and generous organization that you are a part of. Yes, yeah, uh, totally amazing. We actually started from the Columbia Center shoeshine stand. So we actually was operating out of a shoeshine stand, which is still our headquarters and head office down at the Columbia Center, and through traveling around the world, seeing it was a need for people to have clean water. And long story short, going to school online, getting a degree in water distribution, repair, and maintenance, and then designing water units for third world countries, it was totally amazing. But it all started from the shoeshine stand at the Columbia Tower Think in Seattle. That. Think about that. Shoeshine. I mean, that is talking about coming from contribution and service and humility, right? And most of us are not starting at that level. We, we start at even a higher level and still don't take advantage of that. And so that is just, I, it always sticks in my mind whenever you share that. And I've heard it many times, but each time, like I'm hearing it for the first time, uh, mm. from that level to uh, to start. So you start this thing in the, at the shoeshine. You have this concept, this idea to do that. How did it get feet? How did it really start to take Well, off? basically through our clients because we had a lot of um, attorneys, stockbrokers, bankers that was clients 
at the Shushan stand, and I would ask them questions on how to put together a, a nonprofit organization. So we got a lot of those guys on our board um, with the, like you said, generosity, giving help, saying, hey, if this guy is working out of a Shushan stand to try to save children around the world, we would like to help. And they knew me. So a lot of free legal advice, a lot of papers, um, putting together for the 501c3, um, a lot of experts that was at the city of Seattle since we were connected to the city and the county buildings at the Columbia Tower. So it was everybody coming together. And it was something, you know, that really stunned me when you said about Martin Luther King and about how he would encourage people, you know, to even open up a shoestring factory. Don't be scared. Whatever you do, be the best, even mm -hmm. if you're a garbage man. Right. Be the best garbage man in the world. I mean, I remember um, those speeches. And when you said that, that's totally amazing how we had the same kind of mentality. If you mm -hmm. shoe and you don't feel bad that you were shoe be the best in the world. I went to Bolivia and we seen shoe guys with masks on. And mm -hmm. we were like, why are they wearing these masks? And they were saying because they didn't want the people whose shoes they were shining to see them because they felt humiliated. And we were like, well, I wouldn't have never been able to open up the nonprofit if I w was wearing a mask and scared to talk to my client. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. you have to be motivated and right. you got to know that you can be the best in whatever business that you're in. But, you know, like I said, seeing people needing help and to be able to develop these water systems um, to help people in third world countries. It was totally amazing. I think you make a great point, Leon, because we all, you know, in the social media ram right now, if you don't have a million followers, you're nobody, right? And everybody exactly. wants to be a boss. Everybody wants to be the Kardashians or whoever is the, you know, greatest, latest thing. And so nobody wants to start anything until they have everything. Exactly. And that's not the way that you build something, right? I mean, what you're describing really is coming from a humble position that people could have looked down on you and said, this guy's a shoeshine guy. What would he know? In fact, let's talk about it because I have been in the room where you've had people, right, that exactly. looked at your idea and said, yeah, this is not going anywhere. So maybe share from that perspective, how do you deal with you know, for lack of a better word, the haters or people that look down and says, yeah, we don't think so. We don't think that this can go anywhere. And I think that's where you have to have um, a lot of positive um, things in your life surrounded by positive people. So when that happened, you can overcome it because you know that you are very positive. It's like wearing a mask, shining shoes because I'm humiliated. That means your motivation isn't there. But if you got motivation, then you're going to go to the next level. And you'd be surprised of the people that have joined me. Um, and it was people that didn't believe in it. Like you said, okay, the Shushan guy, what can you tell me? You can't tell me nothing. And then end up being, well, the real business is right here, not on the 76th floor of the Columbia Tower because we had all the ballers down there. So I think just being very positive and knowing you can do it, I think that's the key. Yeah, I think if you got a passion, right? If you got a passion and you believe in it, you don't let anybody talk you out of that, um, especially when you're talking about being generous. And sometimes what happens, I think, with that is 
people start to judge your life like, well, how can you be generous when you don't have X, Y, Z? But you don't need X, Y, Z to have a passion for generosity. You just need the passion for generosity, right? That's exactly right. Like you said, you don't need a lot. And then you'll be surprised on how everybody can come together to join you in what happens from there. It's just like you said. Here I was at the shoeshine stand. I get a call from Bill Gates Foundation, um, the Bill and Melinda Gates saying, hey, we want to put you in our museum on one of the machines you designed. And I was like, wow. And this, and we like your story that you came from the bottom up. And, you know, it's the, the, the bootstring story, you know, and that's what it's all about. And you can still do it. That's the thing. I mean, Look at Apple. They started in a garage, so but they didn't let nothing stop them. And now, you know, they're the biggest, one of the biggest technology companies in the world. Same with the Gates Foundation. Right. And Bezos started working in a garage in 1999. Those were garage guys. Yeah. Lost money for 10 years with that company. Yeah. So. Yeah. And he didn't stop. And look exactly. at the laugh that he got. I mean, he laughed all the way when he was in the garage. He was laughing, and now he got billions. He's laughing. Yeah. So, Liam, tell us, uh, the listeners, at one point, you know, when we have an idea and a concept and we're trying it, there's a point that we know that I'm on to something. I, I've hit something. Um, and maybe what was that moment that you, you, you did something you go, bam? Was it that call from the Gates Foundation? Um, or was it no, it was actually a lot earlier because we had got pretty um, known um, when we went to South America and they had a Katrina type situation and we went to world vision and basically, um, did a cold call and say, you know, we got this solar unit that we think you would like, and it could really save a lot of lives and it produces water. So we actually donated that water unit to them. And when that, um, deal like Katrina hit in Bolivia, they called it El Nino, um, that they took that unit and it was only supposed to be used for disaster and relief, but the water was coming out so clean and it was solar that they were using it for everyday use because the water was even cleaner than the water that they had before the disaster. So it was at that point when World Vision said, we love this machine. Not only that, we want to put them in Peru, Chile, Nicaragua, and then we just went from there. So that was the point. But that was a cold call also, just saying, here's a unit that we have. Um, well, you know, you're not Procter & Gamble. You're not GE. Sure. You're just the shoeshine guy talking about you got a water unit. <laughs> so um, for them to say, well, let's donate it, we said. And then when they did the trial period, they loved it, and we took off from there. But it shows you you can't be scared. If, you uh, if I'd have been there like with my head down knocking on the door, it shows no enthusiasm. So you got to be positive, upbeat, and you'd be surprised what doors open if you got that kind of attitude. So it's all about having the attitude. Yeah, it's been great to uh, hear you over the years as we've talked. We've known each other uh, quite a while. And, and at each point, you have the next challenge of, I remember you're flying to different places. Hey, I'm going to go fly here. I'm going to go there. And, you know, I would just hear like a thought, like, yeah, okay, that's a good thought. Make, you know, here's what I would do. Or here's my thought on that. Exactly. But always in supportive. And I, I would think that it, it it's critical to have support, right? I mean, exactly. you got to have support Huge. of people that that believe in what you're doing um, that, that gets you to that next point. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. You you have, and that's why I said by us working out of the shoe shine stand, being home of the Clean Water Foundation, and people was like, "That's pretty cool." And like I said, the people that was clients that was getting shoe shines, that was top attorneys, um, water experts putting in their time to help and seeing like a baby being nourished and coming up to graduate. Hey, if you're just joining us, you are listening to Leon McLaughlin, CEO of the Clean Water Foundation that is impacting the world with water cleaning, infiltration systems, making a difference around the world. Started here in Seattle on the Columbia Tower, shoe shining, and now reaching the world with a life and culture of generosity. Leon, share with us, you've shared so many stories over the years. I know you've been on Fox, you've, you've been on NBC, you've been on different programs, and each time you share something, uh, maybe share with a, uh, our listeners a story that means the most to you out of all the time you've been doing it, probably that sticks in your mind more often than the other stories that you've had with regard to some of the impact you've had doing this. Yeah, it was it was to the lady in Mexico saying um, when I was in Mexico and I seen these barrels on the roof and I was saying, what are these barrels? And the lady was like, these are water barrels. But I store my water in my bathtub. And one day I had a gathering, uh, tourists went to use the bathroom and seen the water in the tub and drained it, thought he was doing her a favor when he drained the water and came out and told her, and she started crying, saying that was her water for the month, and they couldn't afford the um, water trucks that was coming through selling water. So it's either you got to drink the dirty water in the lake or the river, or you got to buy water, and they couldn't afford it, so they had to go with the kids to the dirty water that was in the lake and the rivers. So that was the most compelling one. And when I was in Bolivia, a little kid came up to me and said, stepdad, you're our only ticket out. And it was through the interpreter because I was like, what is the little kid saying? And, you know, because we had our interpreters. And then um, they said, well, some people in Peru was praying to have water also. And I was like, well, let's go and check them out. And we ended up on the most dangerous road on the planet. But when we got to the top and seen those kids, it was worth every bit of it. So I think those are the two stories um, that really like touch me, the kid saying, stepdad, you're only ticket out. And the lady in Mexico, when we said we got to make affordable water for people around the world. Wow. That's just amazing. Yeah. Those are impactful. Those don't go away, especially exactly. children and those kinds of impact. So tell us two things. Tell us what you, what, uh, you know, where you are, where you're reaching right now. And then, uh, share with our listeners what's next. I mean, yeah, well, we've been we had a great year. Um, we've put water units in um, the Philippines this year. We've um, also put units in more units in the Bahamas. Um, and it was amazing that we had folks from Waste Management team up with us on the Bahamas deal when they had the um, last hurricane, which was only a few months ago. So we put water units in the more water units in the Grand Bahamas. The water units that we put there um, on the last two hurricanes were still surviving. Um, we've done Swaziland, Africa, and our latest deal is Hungary with um, some orphanages that the Pope is affiliated with that we did last week. So last week, 
um, I've been sending water units to Hungary um, on a with a group called Create Art for Kids, and so that's really really great. And along with um, El Salvador with American um, with airline ambassadors, so we've been on two projects with those guys. So it's been it's been a really good year to be able to do that. Man, do you sleep? Yeah. I, I know it's it's rough. It's a twenty four seven deal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so what's next? I mean, you you've been how, how many years? You're celebrating your your um, We've been in since around two o four, and so yeah, we're we're gonna put more water units in Hungary, and um, that's our latest deal. We've already been in the Ukraine. Um, we've been, um, in, um, a place called Madova, um, where they had orphanages and that's next to the Ukraine and now Hungary. So we're now in over 32 different countries and we're still putting more water units, you know, in Africa and other places that we're in. So, yes, that's awesome. And then you also get with performing artists. You're also teaming up with different artists and theater and all that as a part of that. Exactly. We've that's why I say you never know. We've had the repertory theater join us on fundraising, giving out tickets um, to shows that we auctioned off. Um, Waste management this year has joined us. Um, We've teaming up um, even talking to um, restaurants and home um, builders where if our units go into these restaurants and home builders, a percentage goes um, for water units for children around the world. So we're getting a lot of different corporations and individuals joining us on this mission. Amazing. Yes. All from a shoeshine stand. Unbelievable. In the Columbia Tower in Seattle, folks. Totally so, unbelievable. It was just like when I talked to um, Bill Gates' dad. Uh, we call him Papa Gates. Sure. And he said, you know, it's funny you started from a shoeshine stand because when we first, it was actually his idea to start the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Mm. And he brought it to uh, his son, um, Papa Gates. Right. And he said, we actually started when we opened up the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. We were at a uh, upstairs over a pizza parlor in Redmond. So yeah. we were laughing about that. He said, you right. can't have to shoot your ass then. And we started over a pizza right. parlor. Yeah. And so, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, that's a lesson is don't be afraid to think big in small places. Exactly. Right? <laughs> right? So, because, uh, again, I, our culture leads us to believe that you got to have every thing lined up all the dots got to be dotting the t's crossed before you go out there because you don't want to be embarrassed or put to shame if you i think leon made the best point if you're worried about that then your heart's not in the right place exactly your your motives need some adjusting exactly right because if you're worried about what people think about you i i remember this just recently and you know i've done a lot of different things and one of my recent things is joining with the catholic community service and catholic housing Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I know it's had its issues, right? We know all the issues, but, you know, I'm here for a mission. And one of my good friends said, I would not lend my name to that organization if I were you. And to wow. which I turned to him and I said, well, that's the difference between me and you and how we use our name, isn't it? Exactly. Right? <laughs> wow. But I wasn't going to let him shake my passion to and do something good. Exactly. And now, you know, a little time later, his situation has turned. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, that's how it goes. Right? Exactly. So you were in a high place when you said that, and now... 
It's, a little bit more humble than change. Things than change. All right. So, uh, so Leon, share with us. We're around the world. We're obviously, we're reaching into probably several different countries. I think ten countries where the show goes into, um, and of course the United States. Uh, somebody out there that is the next version of you. They're they're in a humble place, maybe in a different country or a different place in the United States, and they've got some idea that they want to share with the world or do in a generous uh, way. Give them some insights on how do they get started and what are some of the steps that they need to do early on that you learn from starting out doing this? Well, it's just like with me in the water. I mean, we had also had a chain of coffee shops with carts. And I was like, well, can you make a water cart like a coffee cart? And it's just start of, you know, having that idea and then say, okay, let me start reading the books about water. See if you can even do that. Then going to school, um, learning about water and solar. So don't be scared to read, to learn, and to go out there. I mean, we started out with just a regular city of Seattle license, um, 45 bucks. (laughs) And then we ended up with the nonprofit and had attorneys help us on that. So ask people for help. Don't be scared. Talk about what you're trying to do to other people, and you'll be surprised the response. Yeah, you can get some negative, but you'll get a lot of positive. And so that's the whole thing, to not be scared. If you got a shoestring factory, don't be scared to sell shoestrings. You know what I'm saying? So, and don't be like, uh, you know, I'm selling shoestrings. I'm, you know, at the low end of the pole. Like Martin Luther King said, like you were saying, be the best shoestring guy, be the best garbage man. I mean, that's what you have to do. Not be afraid to go out there, ask questions and be open-minded and you'd be surprised what come back. Yeah, George Washington Carver, I thought of that as you were saying that, right, uh, at the Tuskegee Institute, started with a peanut. Wow. And found over 300 uses for a peanut. Right? Amazing. And that institution, at its times turned out more millionaires than any other university from one man having one idea with a peanut. That's amazing. Makeup came out of it. Cooking, oh, we still cook with peanut oil, right? Think about all the things. One man. Wow. One small place. Mm-hmm. Son of a slave. He'd mm-hmm. just come out of slavery and was working for this institution in a laboratory, and he was just playing around with a peanut and says, God, can you tell me what I can do with a peanut? That's why our favorite saying is just when you thought it was great, it got even greater. <laughs> awesome. And that's yeah. how it happens. That's exactly. <laughs> hey, so if uh, anybody wants to uh, get hold of or do you have any upcoming events, anything you want to share? And if uh, any of the listeners want to reach out to you and connect? Uh, yeah, we're working. Um, I know we're in the coronavirus right now. And um, like you said, people are helping. We're working with um, the W Hotel, Civility Unrest in Bellevue to have some future fundraising going on there. Um, they're donating for the Hopi and Navajo tribe. You can go to the website www.cleanwaterfoundationwa.org if you'd like to volunteer, donate for our projects. We're working with um, Kagan Water right now, teaming up with those guys, working with home builders, restaurants. Um, even though I know right now it, we're in you know, a really dilemma, but 
we still going to do what we do. Absolutely. So it's like yeah. you told me earlier, hey, Leon, the band plays on. The band plays on. <laughs> so we yeah. got to still like say, well, okay, yeah. all this is happening. We're just going to sit down and do nothing. Right. We're right. going to still put it into work so when things Absolutely. get better, we got it all in motion. Absolutely, because people are going to need a lot of help out of this. Exactly. Because um, it's not just the U.S. The whole world is slowing down its economy, resources, and that has to that's going to come out someplace. Somebody's got to pay the piper for that. Exactly, right? exactly. So, so, so you still have to keep whatever you're doing going yeah. and just put it as for a future date. But still, I'm not going to stop my relationship with the Lake House and the W Hotel sure. because of the coronavirus. It's like, okay, when yeah. this over, we're still going to get a fundraiser for kids. Right. <laughs> so right. you still yeah. keep it in motion, I think. Yeah. Leon, thank you so much for stopping in. You really have, I think, made uh, the podcast that we've done really come to life because we have really a living story that's still living and doing the generous things um, that's impacting. And I, I firmly believe that time will look back on you, that you've made a place in history that will not be easily erased or forgotten for what you've done for those children. I think many of them, their lives are going to be so impacted that they're going to go on and do great things because of the moments. Exactly. Exactly. And that's how we feel. You know, it's a legacy when um, you can create something like that to bring water to children around the world. And we're feeling good about it and we're going to continue to do it. And it's like, okay, you got a connection for a child to have clean water. Why wouldn't you do that? Absolutely. You know, uh, we're dedicated to the cause. Our Disney fantasy is to make sure every child have clean, fresh drinking water around the world. Hey, listeners, thank you for joining us and being part of the conversation. I can't add anything else to that, so we're going to call it a wrap. Hey, remember, you can get us on 24-7, I mean, 15 different platforms, so it's hard to miss. If you Google Lewis Howard Live, uh, it'll come up. We're on Facebook, of course, and you can get the shows. We're going to have this show up. I think it's probably going to be one of our biggest shows. We'll have this one up as soon as our producer gets it done and on the air, and uh, we'll be sharing that with our listeners as well. And as always, say, Tell a friend to tell a friend and invite them to the show. This is about not about me. It's not about Leon. It's about you becoming the best version of yourself. And as I said in previous shows, there's somebody out there you can make a difference in the lives of today right now. So we'll see you again on another edition of Lewis Howard Live. Stay strong and let's get through it. We're in it to win it. We'll see you soon. Lewis Howard of Lewis Howard Live has partnered with Amazon Books to bring you his dynamic, life-changing book. From Here to There is the best-selling biopic journey of Lewis Howard's road from adopted child in poverty to achieving over a billion dollars in real estate assets. Lewis shares his secrets and principles, which helped make his meteoric rise to the top an inspiration to millions. Lewis Howard, From Here to There, available on Amazon Books at createspace.com slash 450-6888. Get it today. The New Home Council at thenewhomecouncil.com is an independent team of industry professionals working together to meet the changing needs of the new home building industry through education, promotion, and recognition. With over 900 members strong, the New Home Council is passionate about being a resource for builders and all professionals in the new home industry and their success. Become a member today and help support this great cause by going to thenewhomecouncil.com to learn more. That's thenewhomecouncil.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.